0: <clears throat> Hello everybody. <laughs> um it's Jen and Roy for our second episode. Today we're going to be talking mostly about mental health and physical activity, how to incorporate into how blah, blah blah. How to incorporate it into your training and how to be considerate of your mental state when you're thinking about like exercising. But before we get to that, we're going to just catch up on a few things, so if you want to go.
1: Sure. I finally finished uh, finals today. I had my last one this morning. I took it at the gym, which wasn't ideal. Um, The Wi-Fi was down. I took it on my phone, but we made it. I did all right. Um, I had a really good professor for this class, and that made a huge difference for me, so I'm glad to be done with that. Um... Other updates, we are having our first group class tomorrow um, at Los Campiones, Franklin. We're pretty excited. Um, I wrote something up today for that. It's going to be kind of like a full body workout. No experience needed. We really encourage you guys to at least give it a try. Um, And whether you can pay or not... We would love to see you guys out there. So just let us know. Just if even if you're interested, whether you have funds or not, just let us know.
0: Yeah, because we'll definitely make accommodations if, if we see that people are interested in it. because um, we're not really expecting a ton of money or income from that. It's really just experience for everybody. So. We're
1: just we're just trying to get people interested. Um, trying to make new connections and kind of this you know this stuff gives us a lot of joy. So we want to just spread that around. Um. We also have, we are having a logo drawn up for us, Um, Sadie Rosario, Mm -hmm. um, hey Sadie on on Instagram. Instagram. Mm -hmm. She's going to be doing it for us. She does really dope art. Um, We have a lot of it hanging up here at the apartment. So make sure you check her out. Um, Last thing, I just have a few kind of updates on, we hit on a question that asked about eating late at night on episode one and i kind of just spoke anecdotally about what my own experience and and just the ge- my general knowledge about it but i wanted to look a little bit deeper into it so i found an article on stronger by science which is a really great website if you're into this stuff if you're not so much into this like research stuff you probably it's it's not going to be super interesting to you but um this article was on there written by Danny Lennon it was published just november 18th 2019 so really recently Um, Just a couple caveats before I make these statements here. This is not, these are going to be, keep in mind that these were controlled experiments. These things are not necessarily, um, you're not going to be able to implement these the same way they did. These were well-controlled studies where everything was done for these people, and that's how they got these effects. Um, I do think you, you can try and adopt some of these patterns, but especially with the the topic being mental health today, there are just so many factors that go into what you eat and when you eat. Um, so it, it's really just kind of a fun like learning opportunity, and I wanted to make sure that I cover my bases and put out good information, so I went back and did some research. <clears throat> Other caveats here are if you're in a situation like me um, where you're, you have to eat a lot of calories to either maintain your weight or try to gain weight then um, a lot of these strategies won't be optimal just because of the sheer amount of calories you have to take in um but here we go so it seems that it may be beneficial to avoid eating at biological night because you're less insulin sensitive at night so what that means is that. Your body's not as good at regulating your blood sugar, which is gonna impact how that energy that you're taking in is being stored, whether it's being stored as adipose tissue, which is body fat, or otherwise. Um, It also seems that front-loading calories, so eating more calories in the beginning of the day is beneficial in terms of thermogenesis, so how many calories you burn throughout the day when you're doing things like just walking, um, even just at rest um you're gonna burn more calories if you get those in earlier in the day and that goes back to you're more insulin sensitive at the beginning of the day um it also seems that it's beneficial to adopt a consistent eating pattern if you can um like i i said at the beginning we know that's not realistic for everybody everybody has those crazy days where you just can't eat and stuff happens um but these are like I said these are really ideals that you can try and implement on a smaller scale if you if you want to. Um lastly it seems that intermittent fasting can be good for weight loss if that's a a strategy. I know a lot of people it's kind of like a a trending thing. I think as long as it's well controlled and you're making sure that you're still getting enough nutrients and enough protein then you'll you'll be all right. Um that's pretty much it. If you have further questions about that, Jen
0: I think like a big key takeaway from that is to just be consistent with what and how you're eating as best you can and I find that when I have like a consistent pattern of eating and I'm setting myself up so that I can have food when I'd like to or when I'm hungry, um, I'm much better able to take care of my mental state um, just by having that routine because sometimes you know, you're laying in bed, you don't want to get up to eat. But if you have a routine established it, if you're a routine oriented person, like I am, it's really easy to get up and go eat. And then, you know, maybe lay back down. But um, I just think having that routine and that consistency can be really good for your mental health as well.
1: Yeah. And the, the research bears that out. I just wanted to add to that, that I mean, I don't follow this shit, like not even close. I'm eating right now. Um, I'm eating cereal right now. I'm just trying not to eat too close to the phone so you guys don't get grossed out. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, it's, like I said, it's not possible for me because of the amount of food I have to eat. And then another scenario is going to be like social occasions. You're going to go out at night with friends, with family, and you're going to want to eat and you should eat. Um, and, and that's the bottom line because that's also going to impact your mental health and your physical health. It's going to, Moderate stress it's going to do all kinds of things for your for your overall health and that stuff is important um, I don't think nutrition or the gym should really ever come in the way of enjoyment and no. and that goes into you know working out on vacation for some people some people feel like they have to um, that's a, a different topic for a different day, but that's a sort of that research I came up with and hopefully that provokes some thoughts for you guys and will make you think a little bit more about your what What you're doing, and if you have further questions, feel free to reach out um now we're gonna get into the topic today, unless mm-hmm. you have anything else, Jen
0: um I think that something we should say right away is we're I'm not qualified to give anybody advice. I'm just going to be talking about what works for me and what I have heard works from family members' friends. I'm not going to try to like, give you like a definite solution because um, we got a lot of really good questions. But yeah, so that should be known.
1: Yeah, I think just everyone has their own relationship with um, with mental health and and with the gym. And,
0: and the way that those two interact.
1: It, exactly, and they, they do interact. There's a huge interface between those two so how I'm kind of looking at is I I plan on giving sort of my anecdotal experience my you know my journey as a in terms of mental health and and how the gym has played into that and then I have like I said I wrote um not sure I said this actually but I wrote I recently wrote a paper on strength training and mental health for one of my psychology courses um so I do have some research-based evidence here for you guys this stuff it works Mm -hmm. um and we'll talk more about that when we get there but do you want to start off with just kind of your story when it comes to it
0: yeah um hmm i guess i've always dealt as many people have with anxiety depression definitely body dysmorphia um i grew up not using the gym as a way to tear myself down but i definitely went through periods of that where i was like well i want to look like this so i'm gonna work out this way even though i hate it Um but i've always found the gym to be a place where i can push myself where i can spend time with myself where i can um, be a little bit uncomfortable but uncomfortable enough to grow and to have a good time and to keep coming back so I think that's taken a lot of practice and a lot of times going to the gym feeling a little uncomfortable realizing that what I'm doing isn't working um I th- I think that a key question that needs to be addressed is what training is doing for your mental health are you being anxious because you have to go to the gym later or are you anxious about something else and then that's making your gym experience bad because if it's going to the gym that is harming your well-being and mental health then that's a that's a totally different thing than um, you using training as a way to de-stress from other things that are anxiety-provoking in your life
1: yeah I'll definitely talk more about my thoughts on this specific point that you made, but I I like that you talk about how the gym can be really anxiety provoking when you feel like you have to go. Mm -hmm. Um, That can be a really bad feeling. Mm -hmm. I I also get into situations where I'm feeling super anxious and I go to the gym and it seems to make everything better. Um, So I think it all comes down to being self-aware and as best you can, not being scared of anxiety and acknowledging Mm -hmm. it as hard as that can be and and then being able to deal with it and, and deciding what's best for you. Because sometimes when you're feeling anxious, going to the gym may make it better. Other times you may be doing yourself a disservice by doing that. It may only heighten whatever you're going through at that particular time. So I think it's important to not to, to not only acknowledge anxiety but kinda you know, look at how the decision you make is going to impact mm-hmm. what you're going through at that time. I had a question for you. Yes. Um how do you feel like your relationship um or or the interplay between like mental health and the gym has changed because you've been lifting for so long. You started when you were so young. Yeah. When you started when you were so young, was it just cuz you had your dad to look up to and that kind of got you into it or was it like you wanted to change oh. your body or Oh, yeah,
0: that was just a way for me and my dad to bond and so then I started um going to powerlifting meets with him well I I always did but after I began to learn how to squat bench and deadlift I would go to powerlifting meets and I'd see the women there and very unconventional looking um really big thighs really big butts (laughs) really big arms um I was very impressed by that and so I think a lot of people are when they go to meets for the first time. So um, after that point, it became a little bit more about aesthetics. And this was right when powerlifting was becoming, you know, athletes are becoming leaner and stronger at the same time versus like pounding down Big Macs.
1: And there was a point in time for you in high school where your body composition was a lot different, right? I mean, you were...
0: And I wanted it to be that way. Right,
1: exactly. So I guess what has changed since then that's made you approach things differently is is sort of what I'm getting at.
0: Well, uh, I guess I had to prioritize. So, you know, I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be a good competitor. But it's really hard when you're not letting yourself gain weight. And even if, In the back of my mind sometimes I still want to look a certain way my want to be physically strong is overpowers that by a lot so you know it's really just constantly evaluating my goals and my choices in the gym why am I doing this am I doing this to get stronger am I doing this because I think it's somehow gonna burn fat Um, so I'm constantly evaluating my choices there, which can get tiring, but the more you do that and the more you establish what your goals are and what you actually want out of what you're doing, uh, the more firm that becomes.
1: Yeah. Um, I actually, I wrote a little something about this for our, our website, um, shameless plug there. Mm-hmm. that hopefully is coming somewhat soon, who knows. Um it's a lot of work, but I I've, I've been working on it. Anyway, I wrote a little something about just how like m- the word mindfulness is thrown a lot around a lot these days and I basically said that's for a reason. Mm-hmm. It's because it is important and that's yeah. sort of what brought the name intention to my mind for mm-hmm. us because because I feel like through the gym I've I've become so much more aware of why I do things and just the the impact they have on me and on other people and so I think that's a good point. I think mm-hmm. it's important to know why you're why you're doing something, what you're hoping to achieve and i think I think vanity goals in terms of like changing your body or wanting to look a certain way, I think those can be good I think mm-hmm. they can be good motivators, but I think your mental health has to take priority over that,
0: mm.
1: you know? Mm. Um, yeah. It's up.
0: And I, I think it's important to mention, um, we do have a question that we're going to um, talk about, you know, body dysmorphia, but, um, I think it's important for me to mention that even when I was small, like 115, 125 pounds, I still had body dysmorphia and now I'm sitting about one forty-one. um, Sometimes I still have body dysmorphia and sometimes I'm still having a day where I want to go to the gym in a sweatshirt And I just want to focus on what my body can do um, and I think it's just really important to say that Everybody struggles with these things Um, even even huge power lifters my dad described it to me as The iron bug where you know, you're starting to get really big you want to get really big um and then you look in the mirror, and you're not big enough hmm. and so I think it happens a lot more than people think it does, and it happens to to different groups. It's not just um people who are who look like unconventional or who look different than somebody that you would think goes to the gym mm-hmm. um but I would just like to say that. I struggled then, and I struggle now, and... to me, Yeah, and to me, that tells me that it's not my body weight that's the problem, and it's not my body composition that's the problem, but the way that I talk and look at myself and appreciate myself.
1: Yeah, and I think it's probably always going to be there. I mean, you know, like, and I think that's important to acknowledge and, and think about and talk about, because if you don't talk about it, then nobody's gonna know that somebody else is going through that too Mm -hmm. um and a lot of people would think that if you're in pretty good shape or you're in the gym every day that you don't have those thoughts but but i definitely do Mm -hmm. um and it's going to be different for everyone but Mm -hmm. yeah anything else you want to share just kind of like on your background with it
0: um just that your mental health should should always come first once you get that taken care of and you are, you are in a place where you have support for um, mental illness and your mental health, then you can consider ways that you can incorporate that into your training and consider that into your training. But um, your mental health is king. Mm-hmm. That comes before everything. So if you are dealing with something really severe, that should be the one thing on your plate right now.
1: Definitely mm-hmm. something else that that's important to acknowledge on that same line is that a lot of the symptoms of mood disorders like anxiety and depression are really gonna you know they're opposite to you're you're not gonna want to go to the gym mm-hmm. you know um but it it we see that there are a lot of effects when when you do, and so I think it's all about just you know, trying, trying it out and giving it a shot and mm-hmm. finding something that you enjoy doing as well. It doesn't have to be in the gym yeah, it and we're definitely going to, gonna, that's kind of alluding to, we're we're going to do an episode eventually on exercise does not have to be in the gym. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to look any particular way. Um, And we'll talk more about that in the future, but I'll talk just a little bit about kind of my evolution as in my mental health and how the gym has played into that. So, um, ever since I was a little kid, like going to just shoot a basketball or like I used to throw a baseball off my, my front steps and, and field grounders and just do that over and over for whatever reason, that was like something that just helped me turn my brain off. And I've always been like very tightly wound. I don't sit still. Well, um, I'm a very anxious person. So at about 15, Um, I was diagnosed with anxiety depression and OCD and I have to say that I don't think I mean I could be wrong but I don't think that OCD one was was on on point there Um, just based on other therapy that I've went through and and conversations with psychiatrists since then I don't think that was legit but anyway um, Anxiety and depression it was pretty severe. I missed a lot of school. I was really struggling at this point I definitely wasn't going to the gym um, so from there, it's actually developed into like the polar opposite where, um, anxiety was sort of feeding the gym was sort of feeding into this anxiety where if I didn't work out first thing in the morning or I missed a day, like I would freak out and I would get super anxious about it. And I had this same kind of neuroticism around food, um, and it became sort of obsessive. So I had to really... I, you know I was doing things like coming back from basketball practice and still working out um and these are like three hour practices you're coming home, you're exhausted, but I was still doing it. I was running sprints at night um just just not a healthy relationship with it, so I think that kind of alludes to the fact that it can definitely impact you in a negative way too, so it's all about um being in tune with how you're using the gym. As a tool for your mental health or, 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 or if you are period yeah. um, so from there i I met Jen, got my mental health kind of back on track. Um, I am not ashamed to say that I do take antidepressants, and I find them extremely helpful. Um, therapy has never been a a huge thing for me I felt like I was always I went to a bunch of different ones and I felt like I was always telling someone the same story and I didn't see a lot of benefits I have gained a lot from like certain cognitive behavioral therapy techniques I'm a big believer in you know deep breathing and the benefits that that can have and certain techniques but anyway um, so I kind of Tried to adopt a new mindset when it came to the gym. And even when I wasn't training intelligently, and I mean by that I was, you know, your typical bros hitting a lot of arms in high school, didn't that's really not know not, what I was doing. That's not intelligent. Um, I was just, but I was happy to be in there and I always felt such a good relief from training and I was... Becoming more confident as I started to gain some muscle, um, I started to believe in myself a little bit, and that was just those that hour or two that I spent in the gym was time I spent feeling good about myself and then had something to look forward to the next day. So at that point, it kind of switched for me from being a negative to being a positive, And since then, I've had, especially this past fall, I've had these crazy days where it's go, 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 and I'm getting up at 4.30 in the morning to go to an internship, and then I'm training myself going to school, going to work, personal training sessions at night. And just the only thing that really gets me through that is knowing Not that I'm going to... Huh? Me. You, obviously. Yeah. And I was going to say that. My family, of course, and um, and going to the gym and having that hour or two to myself to just block everything out. Um, one thing I'd like to share that has really helped me recently is just... um doing 10 breaths a day, I would love to have the time to meditate. I I really enjoy it. But a lot of days I struggle to make time for it. And I guess I shouldn't say that I don't have the time for it because I could make the time I could sacrifice something and make the time. But what I do do is after do do uh-huh, mm-hmm. um, after each training session in the morning, when I'm done stretching or doing mobility or whatever I do to finish up my workout, I put my feet up on the wall and I turn whatever music I have off, I close my eyes, put a hand on my stomach and take 10 deep breaths through my nose into my diaphragm into my stomach. And that just really like it, it takes you from that fight or flight mode to just kind of rest and digest, relax, recover. So if you're ever having a hard time, just take those 10 breaths and and see if that works for you because I get incredible benefits from that and it really helps me just start my day and feel a lot more calmer going into the day um yeah that's that's sort of where I'm at with it
0: so do we want to get into some research
1: yeah I'll go over it quickly I like I said I I don't know what people's interest levels are on this stuff I personally I love reading research and stuff like that I'm very interested in it but um we won't get into like the nitty-gritty I'll just share some quick stuff and then we'll do questions all right
0: Wait, I have something after you.
1: Yeah, what's up?
0: After you. Oh, okay.
1: Wait, what do you have?
0: The article.
1: Oh, okay. Alright, so, the first study I wanted to share, and if anybody wants to read the whole paper that I wrote, um, just DM me, I'd be happy to share it, it's a little long. Um, anyway, so the first, the first study that I looked at was, um, a systematic review by Strickland and Smith that was published in The Frontiers of Psychology, and they looked at the anxiolytic, which just means anxiety-reducing effects of resistance training. So it seems that, at least from what I saw, there's way more research on aerobic, like cardio, and and mental health than there is on strength training and mental health. I guess that's just because strength training has become so much more popular recently. Um, but they found that, strength training can reduce or can impose like anxiolytic effects. So anxiety reducing effects just from a single session. So this is what I'm talking about. Come try the group class. Mm-hmm. Just give it a shot and and see how you feel because apparently, and, and this is well documented, that a single session can reduce anxiety as can long, long-term training. Mm-hmm. Um, this particular review said that resistance resistance training at lower intensity may produce more robust effects um and they were looking at like less than 70% of your one rep max for resistance training i this is not that well documented i even saw some research that contradicted this but i do think it has some merit to it because there's definitely times when you just can't really push yourself cuz you're feeling on edge or whatever um there are also times where lifting heavy might just, you know, it might snap you out of it. It might do you wonder. So mm-hmm. just again, just being in touch with yourself. What's up?
0: I think it's important to also start to be able to recognize when, um, you know, you're having anxiety going into the gym and a lot of the time you're going to feel so much better when you leave, but sometimes that relief at the end is not going to counteract the anxiety that you have going into the gym and so being able to listen to your body and being like well i'm really i'm really anxious about this gym session mm-hmm. um so maybe i need to i need to do something else tonight yeah um instead of going in that is an important thing to start thinking and one about. of the hardest
1: things for, for me and i think for a lot of people is like having to quit on one when you know it's just not doing you good Mm -hmm. like you're in there and you're just like this is not good i'm this is not helping me right now yeah and you have to be able to be okay with that and know that in long term it'll benefit you um i think that's super important
0: we'll touch on that more later sorry to interrupt
1: no that's okay um the next one i looked at was a meta-analysis so for those of you who don't know meta-analysis looks at a ton of studies and breaks them down and gets like main takeaways from those and looks at all the evidence and um does statistics statistical measures on that so you're getting like in this particular meta-analysis there was over 900 participants they looked at 16 articles so it's very well documented um they found that strength training had a greater anxiolytic effect than aerobic training it wasn't by much but it was significant so i thought that was pretty interesting um We know that this is from a Harvard article I found that increased heart rate increases release of various neurotransmitters like serotonin and GABA, which have anxiolytic effects. They reduce anxiety. Um, As you know, serotonin is in a lot of um, psychiatric medications um, for treating depression, treating anxiety, so you can get a natural boost in that just by... Exercising And that wasn't looking specifically at strength training. I was just looking at increasing your heart rate. So that could be aerobic. That could be yoga. That could be Kung Fu. That could be whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, Let's see. Lastly, so something that I thought was super interesting was it seems that, well, aerobic training, so like that's going to be like you're running, you're walking, you're swimming versus strength training, which is going to be most of what you see us doing is um they have different effects. They're both beneficial, but they have very different effects. So this particular study looked at 48 participants, um, and they looked at constructs, symptoms of specific disorders, and overall distress in um, OCD, anxiety disorders, and PTSD. And they found that aerobic training seemed to reduce reaction to anxiety-provoking stimuli. So how they measured that was they had people inhale carbon dioxide or a, a mix, certain mixture of carbon dioxide and oxygen, which obviously is going to be anxiety-provoking. That's going to feel awful. Um, and the people who had just aerobic trained had less of a reaction to that. So that's pretty interesting. That may, may mean that if you have something really stressful pop up in your day and you did some, you know, you were on the elliptical earlier that morning, you may be better equipped to deal with it Um, whereas strength training reduced anxiety sensitivity, which is your reaction to the prospect of anxiety. So like, that's what I was talking about earlier, where basically your fear of encountering anxiety, which is a big thing for me. So that's really cool. It, um, also increased uncertainty tolerance, which is something that I really struggle with. I hate not knowing what's going to happen. I love having structure in my life. Um, so apparently I need to strength train more, um, (laughs) That's pretty much all I got. I just thought it was super cool. And the the number one thing I took away from this research is that all exercise has a positive impact on your mental health. They might induce different adaptations or effects, but you're going to be better off doing anything than you are doing nothing. And so even if that means walking around the block, that is going to be beneficial for your mental health.
0: Or just playing with your dog.
1: Yeah, it can be anything and we're like I said, you guys will hear more about this on a future episode, but just moving your body. That's all it comes yeah. down to. And and we'll talk about it more, but yeah. that's basically what I have on the research side. Did you want to share something about that article you read?
0: Yeah, well before I do that, I'm even thinking about um ways that you can exercise your brain. So like reading. Um reading studies doing puzzles, stuff like that. Um, that will be more in our episode. I just want to make sure that we're being, like, inclusive.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And um, that's a good point. Um. Yeah, I more. like that.
0: All right, I'll hop into this article. So this is um, powerlifting specific. It's I go on Elite FTS way too much. Um, they have really great articles. They're free. I would suggest... Um, going to check them out if you have any questions about strength, strength training. There's nutrition. Um, there's just a ton of stuff on there. Um, so this specific article is called Max Effort Modifications for Lifters with Anxiety and or Depression by Joe Chilero. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Um, so when they say max effort modifications, that's referring to conjugate Which is a system of strength training that Westside made popular. (laughs) Um, Let's not go there. Well, you know
1: this episode will be three hours. Yeah.
0: Okay. So it's a specific
1: style of training that is very popular in the powerlifting.
0: Yeah, a lot. Using a lot of accommodating resistance, like resistance bands (laughs) and (laughs) chains, Um, and max effort is a day in conjugate where you're going into the gym. And typically you're going to give, uh, you're going to get a one rep max in, in a lift. Um, the lift changes quite a bit. Um, but you, yeah.
1: Just something interesting that I wanted to add is that I've heard that a lot of people, you don't know what exercise you're even going to do until you get to the gym and then people decide, which would have interesting implications for this article in terms yeah. of the effects on mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought that was, yeah, no, that was
0: interesting. So what I really liked about this was that there was this component for lifters with anxiety and or depression. Um, It makes a lot of sense to group people into this way because a lot of people do have anxiety and depression and that really does affect the way you lift. Um, But I, I thought it was relatively new, like a relatively new idea in the powerlifting world. So my key takeaways from this article were to be flexible in your in your max effort work because all right let's say you're not having a great day you had an anxiety attack and you're thinking about how you have to go into the gym and do a one rep back squat uh low bar and that's your competition lift chances are that pr is very high that personal best is ve- is very high you do and you're thinking <laughs> you might
1: better throw a box in you night. might
0: yeah <laughs> Um, you're going to go into the gym having super high expectations. Um, there's a few things you could do here. You can, um, do max effort work less often. So, um, this is going to be something that power you to understand. You can expand conjugate beyond a week. So you can do like week and a half waves where you're doing max effort work, um, once there. You're just expanding the week. Or you can... Um, you can do, you can incorporate lower intensity and less anxiety provoking max effort work by using singles, um, or doubles or triples. It doesn't always have to be a single.
1: Which is one, two, or three reps.
0: Yeah. One, two, or three reps. So, uh, a three rep PR, you may have never hit a three rep PR with your back squat. That might be, um, a way to look forward to your session um so that you know be flexible that's what i got um also decreasing your arousal state by limiting um ergogenic aids so an ergogenic aid is a performance something that's going to enhance your performance so um safe ergogenic aids that are available to the public are caffeine ammonia that's like a smelling salt um that some people use before they lift Um Let's see what else. I guess creatine, kind of, of, but your body makes creatine. Yeah. So, and then less safe, more risky ergogenic aids are going to be things like steroids. Um, And also, you could think of the music you're listening to as an ergogenic aid. Are you listening to music that gets really mad um, or really pumped up? So, you know, limiting the use of these things that are going to cause you anxiety. So, you know, Sometimes what I do is if I need to be more calm or if I need to focus on something that's not this stupid workout, I'm going to listen to a podcast that I really like or I'm going to listen to music when I'm really feeling the workout. Um, Sometimes I just need a fancy energy drink to mix things up and to make myself feel like, um, you know, I have this nice energy drink and I'm just going to do my squats. Um, So I think... You know, learning when to decrease and increase your arousal state can be really good for decreasing anxiety and and being excited about going to the gym. Um, And then, yeah, the third component there was just to choose a humbling movement like um, a good morning. You know, that's not going to be a very heavy movement for most people. So if you're going in on your max effort day and you're going to do a good morning triple, that's a pretty safe day, and that that's gonna lead you to, um, for most folks, unless you really just don't need to be going to the gym that day. It's gonna lead you to have a good day, um, choosing humbling movement there, so you don't have the extra stress of expectations. Um, so yeah, that's what I got from this article. I thought it was a great article. I would definitely suggest reading it. Um, for me, I'd like to say that sometimes getting into the gym is the hardest part. Um, if I'm bummed. About, you know, I have a lot of homework. Uh, I had a really stressful time training the dog. I had a really hard time getting out of bed. Um, What I like to do is I just get myself to the gym. That's really the hardest part. If I get to the gym and I'm feeling okay, but, you know, I'm not totally invested, I'm just going to do what I need to do. And when I say what I need to do, I'm talking about um, prep for a meet. Or, you know, that's like if you have to stay on track, then you just do what you need to do and you get out. But most of the time I get in there and I do what I need to do. And I'm like, wait, I think I can actually finish this workout. So, you know, the one thing I always try to do if I absolutely need to be training is just get into the gym. Um, that, That's really all I have to say before we get into any questions.
1: Yeah, I think this plays in a lot to sleep. But for me, like if I'm really stressed out and I know I need to get to sleep for the next day, just writing everything down that I know I have to get done and leaving it somewhere outside of the bedroom. And I think that that really helps me fall asleep. It, you can just kind of let go of it. And I think that would be a, a good carryover to the gym. So if you use like a planner and you're feeling stressed out or maybe you journal, whatever you do, just write down whatever's stressing you out, whatever you know is on your plate and set it aside. Go kill your workout. Um, pick it back up after. So, as we get into these questions, um, I want to thank everybody that is submitting them. That really helps us out, and we're really happy to be able to answer your guys' questions. Um, I want to encourage you guys to to keep asking, and to ask about anything, really, various topics. I think we have a lot to say. We've learned a lot. (laughs) We've learned a lot about... Man, I don't know, time management. I just think that as a couple already, we've been through a lot too. So I think, and and our relationship is very strong. And so I think we have a lot to share. So if you guys have any questions, doesn't have to be about exercise, feel free to ask them. Um, with that said, the first question I got this week um, regards wearing um a a belt when lifting um when should you why should you should you at all um so i would say if you're just starting out i definitely don't think it's it's going to be important for you to go out and get a belt for yourself um i think it's really important to first properly learn how to brace without any external cues like a belt
0: what do you mean by brace and
1: by brace i mean basically being able to breathe into your diaphragm and get air throughout your chunks so that you're able to stabilize your spine under heavy loads um so exercises like a lot of core exercises um deep breathing things like that are gonna be really critical for that um it's important an important skill to learn for really actually just daily life too like mm-hmm. you're picking up heavy ass groceries oh, yeah. um things like that it's it's good to know definitely so if you guys would like to hear more about bracing, um, let us know and we can definitely give you guys some exercises or ways to work on it. But So, I would definitely recommend learning how to brace before you even consider putting on a belt. Um, because the amount of weight you're going to be able to lift when you brace compared to when you don't is going to give you a big boost mm-hmm. in the first place. So... Why should you wear a weightlifting belt essentially you should wear a belt because it's going to give you something external to push out against So when you are bracing Mm -hmm. you have a cue there You're pushing out on something and it's not only in the front a lot of people think when they're bracing It's just the abs, but it's not it's really that whole global stabilization system so it, it's not your six pack that's doing the work there. It's really not. It's it's You're back. You so want to have air three hundred and sixty degrees throughout your trunk. So the belt forces you to do that. Um on top of that it's just gonna help you stay tight when you when you do get that big breath and hold that air in there and get tension throughout your body, which is gonna help you lift the most weight. So getting into the last part, when should you? You should use a belt um when you I would say Probably anywhere over, like, 85%, 90%. This is going to vary person to person. And I know, Jen, you haven't been using the belt a lot.
0: And I hurt my back. Yeah, but... So let this be a testament. Okay,
1: true. But I think um, doing a lot, doing beltless work can be beneficial if you're actually just trying to strengthen your core and and work on, um, you know, not rounding at the spine and stuff like that. So... Work in some heavy beltless work too, but if you're going for any type of, I, I would say for sure over 85, 90%, I would consider using a belt, um, especially for multiple sets. You might be able to make it work without a belt for one set, but once you get to your second, third set, your core is already going to be cooked, so you're going to need something there to help you. Did you have something to add?
0: Um, I did. Just that, you, you know, doing beltless work... Um taking like a cycle off of using your belt is gonna make it so much better when you're able to use that implement again. Because a belt is not a necessity. And you should be able to learn how to brace without a belt or, or know how to brace, feel your brace without a belt. So I think that work is definitely really important. But um like I said, I did hurt my back because I have been doing a lot of beltless work and I didn't consider that um doing really heavy beltless work, I'm going to need a little more time to recover. So I'm not saying that not that not using a belt is going to hurt your back. Yeah. Um, just saying that you need to be weary of when you are and aren't using For sure.
1: your belt. For sure. Um, we got to kind of try and speed through these questions here so we don't get too long. The next one asks, what do you do when you're not able to reach your goal? So I wasn't really sure if they were asking... Me specifically on this one, or just in general, um I'll sort of answer both, I guess if I'm personally not able to reach my goals, I think there's a huge distinction between giving up on something and like recalibrating mm-hmm. so if I'm not able to reach a goal, usually there's a pretty good reason for that, um whether it's just be I have too much going on in my life or it's not feasible so i'll I'll think about it as recalibrating rather than giving up, and I'll just adjust my goal and I'll make it something more attainable for myself and i think it's beneficial to set smaller short
0: term
1: smart goals <laughs> um that yeah that's an
0: acronym that's I an acronym
1: we for. got when we um yeah, studied vision. for the personal training i think it's like specific measurable attainable <laughs> ruby R- R- do we do. <laughs> I don't know what the R is. We T is know. timely. I thought it was it, – it's sort of good. You can look it up if you want. It's called Smart Goals. But anyway, I think setting those smaller um, goals is going to be really gratifying. It's going to help you get where you want to go. So I would just think about it as recalibrating, not on giving up. And also just know yourself and set goals that you think you can really achieve. Um, Next one – You got this one. How can nutrition impact mental health? I got to say, I don't feel very well equipped to answer that just without doing my Mm -hmm. research on it. Um, Obviously, I feel better when I have a good relationship with food Mm -hmm. and I feel good about the foods that I'm eating, Mm -hmm. whether they're healthy or not. Yeah. Um, But that's just me. I can't really speak to the research on that.
0: Yeah, what I can speak on is that if I feel like my nutrition is serving me, and I'm enjoying my food, I'm gonna feel mentally pretty good. And, you know, that shows when I'm not constantly thinking about what I'm gonna be eating in the next hour, or I'm not constantly thinking about what I just ate. Um, When food is kind of in the back of my mind is when I know that um I'm I'm having a good food day
1: yeah
0: um but yeah like we about if we're gonna go into like macronutrients and how that affects your brain I would suggest a podcast like
1: honestly I we can we can look into it um yeah it's a very that's a a very broad topic um
0: yeah it's just, it's just, it's important to like what you're eating.
1: I think it really, what this person is getting at is how can your relationship with food kind of impact your mental health? Yeah. Um, because specific nutrients, I think it's pretty fair to say that the the more nutrients you're taking in, the better your mental health is going to be. I think mm-hmm. that makes sense intuitively. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think more so it comes down to how you feel about the yeah. foods you're eating and how you're thinking about those foods that impacts your mental health. Yeah. At least for me.
0: Because if you're drinking nutrient dense smoothies all day, but you hate smoothies, like that's not going to be great for your mental health. So it's important to consider nutrients, but how much you enjoy eating that food. Yeah. And yeah, that's that's that. So yeah. we can we, we can dive we, into that. Yeah. Time. Let us
1: know if you you want to hear more about that. Um, next one is, where do you draw the line when it comes to forcing the gym when you don't feel like it? We touched on that earlier and when it comes to kind of feeling, just having a sh- uh, bad day <laughs> or feeling anxious. Um, this also, something that comes to mind for me is being sick. It can be really hard to mm-hmm. know when to call it when you're sick. Mm-hmm. I think what, what I think about is really just going back to, <clears throat> is this going to serve me? Is this going to help me? Mm-hmm excuse me, get where I want to go or is this going to detract me from those goals? So if you're sick and you're only going to make it worse, then you have to be okay with calling it for the day and, and getting out of there. Same goals for if you're feeling too anxious or you just have too much on your plate that day. Um, that's what it comes down to me is is knowing, is this serving me or is this breaking me down? Um, mm-hmm. That That's what I think about.
0: Yeah, and I think another component of that is is it going to the gym and doing your workout that is stressing you out, that's making you feel bad? If it's literally the fact that you don't want to be doing that workout, I think that is a good time to be like, Okay, I don't have to go in today. You know, unless you are are competing in something, I totally think it's fine to just be like, I can do something else today. I can hang out with a friend. Um, Or if there's an outside factor, like let's say you're moving um, or you're going through a really hard breakup, you, the gym is the last thing you yeah, should be working Yeah, that's an about.
1: important point. It's just that you have to take into account all the factors that yeah. go into where your stress is at. And something that has helped me is like in the past if I really just – can't do it that day. Mm-hmm. Just try and take a walk. Just try and do something. Get your body moving. I think you'll feel a lot better and um, yeah,
0: definitely change up your environment too. That's what I love about training at Los. I feel like this is an ad, but there's three different gyms. So if I if I'm feeling like I'd rather squat at Blaisdell than Franklin, um, I'm able to go to Blaisdell. Or you know, if I'm feeling like I would rather do an at-home workout. Sure. Um, you know, body weight stuff rather than like powerlifting stuff. I think that goes for training
1: styles too, because sometimes I just really want to like pretend like I know what I'm doing when it comes to Olympic lifts and like Mm -hmm. do different stuff. Um, hopefully that covers that one. We have two more here. Um, what are signs of overtraining and how do you care for yourself when you see the signs? Very good question. Um, a lot of you are probably familiar with general adaptation syndrome or shoot, what's that called? Do you know what I'm referring to? Nope. Shoot, I'm going to have to look it up. Um Should I go? Yeah, go.
0: Um So overtraining. I was right I would, the first time. I, I would ask yourself how are you sleeping? Check in how are you feeling? Um, how are you eating? Are there other outside factors that going to the gym is affecting? Um, you know, just again, checking and evaluating where you're at and how much stress being in the gym or, or doing physical activity is putting on those other parts of your life. If you're not sleeping well and it's because you had to go to the gym at 8 p.m., and you didn't get out, it's you know, that can be a sign of overtraining because if you can't sleep well, you're not going to be able to recover from that training, and it's going to end up being, I mean, not a waste of time, but
1: yeah, I'm not sure that that as much speaks to like pure exhaustion and overtraining as much as that's like, um, that's more, I think, the time variable and going yeah. in late, and yeah, I think that's more just like, but not logistically sound,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, but I think that's a good point, mm-hmm. definitely. What what I was referring to, I was right the first time, general adaptation syndrome, this is just basically a very simple model for the physiological process that your body goes through whenever like a new stimulus is introduced, so there's the alarm stage, and what happens during the alarm stage is your body's going to be broken down a little bit, um, it's going to try and adapt to this new stimuli, but it's not going to be able to just yet, so if you think about it in terms of exercise, our muscles break down before they build back up. So you're actually breaking down muscle when you're in the gym, you're inducing muscle damage. Um, and it's, it's when you leave the gym that your body starts to adapt. And that's going to be the next stage, which is resistance. So your, your body's able to fight back and adapt and, and make gains in that phase. So that's kind of when you're in the sweet spot. And if you stick with that same stimuli for too long, you'll move into exhaustion. Or if you push at the same intensity for too long, or you keep increasing intensity for too long, you'll move into exhaustion, which is where your body will actually start to shut down. So that's where those factors like decreased quality of sleep and those biomarkers Jen was talking about are going to come into play where you're not as strong, you don't have as much endurance, you don't have the same appetite. Mm-hmm. Um, all these types of things are just going to be all out of whack. And so I think it'll be pretty clear to you when you're, you're really overtrained. Um, but also you're just going to get sick of stuff. Like
0: you're going to be sick going to the gym.
1: Yeah. It, so I, I would just watch for those factors. So watch for your sleep, watch for your hunger, um, watch for your attitude when it comes to going to the gym and mm-hmm. just kind of something that I like to give to a lot of my clients is just like a quick reflection at the end of their workouts to just leave them a little space to write um, anything they might be feeling on that day. So, like, yeah. I think it's a good way to keep track of how your body's adapting to whatever you're doing to it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you want to move to the last one?
0: Um, I think we should just touch body body dysmorphia one more time. Okay. So, I just like to give...
1: I think I skipped that on exit. Sorry. Yeah.
0: No, that's okay. So, we did touch on that a little bit, but, um, some ways that if I'm having a day where, um... I'm not feeling super about my body. There's a few things that I like to do. So I'm gonna change the way I dress. Either I'm gonna wear an outfit that I really like, that I really like the way I look in, or I'm just gonna wear something <coughs> where I don't really have to look at myself. And I can just focus on what my body is doing in the gym and how it's getting stronger and how it's working. Um, So working, thinking more about objective things versus subjectively, how do I look in that mirror? So. That's one technique I like to employ. I'm not sure how sound these techniques are, but, um, yeah. And another one I like to think about is uh, if I'm speaking negatively to myself and looking at myself in a way that is making me feel bad. I'm. I think about how I look at other women or other people in the gym, and if I, I cause. I wouldn't, I wouldn't look at a girl and be like, wow, I think that she looks awkward in that top. I'm going to be, I'm more likely to be like, I think that outfit is really cute on her. Um, so, and if I'm having a trouble day with like the way my cellulite is looking and I see a woman with with cellulite, I'm not going to be like, whoa, I'm yeah. going to be like I, mean, I love the way that you are your she's harshest embracing. critic and that's yeah. always
1: going to hold true. So,
0: speak to yourself in those times as best as you can the way that you would speak to somebody at the gym. Like or the way that you would think about somebody at the gym.
1: Or someone you love. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. not. In,
0: in some of those situations it's kind of fake until you make it. And you know, that goes to that can only go so far, but
1: yeah. One thing that the main thing that came to my mind when I think about body dysmorphia is just, like, the language that you use when you're experiencing it. Mm. And I can only speak for myself here, but there have been times when I'm struggling with my body image, and I might think of myself as chubby or things like that, but I've learned over time that if I, I... I don't think it's appropriate to say things like... I'm I'm so fat or I feel mm. so fat, mm-hmm. especially you just have to be careful of the company you're keeping and mm. um, how that's going to impact them. So I've definitely yeah. made that statement before, which was very insensitive to the people that were around me who who might feel that and then look at me and I'm not in their position yeah. physically oh. and that's just going to make them feel worse. Yeah. So I just think it's important to watch your language and, and, and watch how you talk to yourself, mm-hmm. you know?
0: And by saying that, you're implying that, you know, fat is the worst thing you can be. Like, yeah, that's what it comes down to. I'll, yeah.
1: Or that, like, say someone is, is someone not. you're with is more overweight than you and you're calling yourself fat. What does that say about them? What does that like, say about how you think about them? You know? Yeah. That's how they're going to interpret that. So I just think it's important to to keep that, to th- consider others when yeah. you, you think about the language you're using when it comes to body image.
0: And like we talked about, body fat percentage... Is, does not dictate does health. Does not dictate health. So... Yeah, so yeah, that's that part. And our um, last question here.
1: So, we have two minutes till this runs up. Should we do a new segment? No, it's
0: super cute.
1: All right, we're going to try and knock it out. The last one was, how do you maintain a healthy relationship with movement without getting totally sucked into toxic gym culture? Um, super good question. I think it comes down to, we're all guilty of this. We all compare ourselves to other people when we're in the gym. Mm-hmm. We're thinking about, we're come we're adding more weight on the bar because of whoever's next to us and what they're doing. Everyone does it. Um, but I think being aware of that and, and trying to do that as much as you can is super important. And thinking about exercise and the gym as a tool for you to improve yourself despite what anyone else is doing. It's, mm-hmm. it's you versus you in there and you're just trying to be better than you were the day before. So Um, just really focusing on yourself and and knowing why you're in there and why you're doing what you're doing and not paying attention to you know you're not doing these things for other people and you shouldn't change the way that you do things because someone else says so or because someone else does things differently and they might get more likes or things like that I just think you have to be true to yourself and true to your goals and your intentions when you go in there and and know that you don't have to exercise any particular way, you don't have to look any particular way, you don't have to talk any particular way. This applies to all facets of life. Just just be you and know why you're doing things you do and do things that you enjoy and I think I think you'll be alright.
0: Yeah, I think that like internal exploration, you know like switching up where you're doing your workout, what kind of workout you're doing, um, giving yourself more of a variety to play with there and just you know, kind of blocking out what other people are doing because you're there for you. You should be there for you. And if you're not there for you, then you need to reevaluate some things.
1: Okay. Thanks for listening.
0: See you in episode three.